Welcome to the Wonder Your Way Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Neiman. I'm here to help you travel to Europe, to explore off the tourist track destinations, dig a bit deeper into those well-known places, offer up some tips so you can travel with peace of mind, and of course, to share a few stories. It's my hope to inspire you to travel to Europe, your way. Buonasera, depending on what time of day you're listening to this. No, I'm not coming to you from Italy, but we are going to be venturing to Italy on today's Wonder Your Way episode. So, uh, buongiorno, buonasera, my wondering friend. I hope the new year is off to a good start for you. As I record this, it is just about one full week into the new year. And I am back in this nice little cottage that I was in in Pitlochry, Scotland, back in October of 2023. And I'm here again for a couple of weeks. I don't think you can hear that barking dog. There's a barking dog out there before I think you stop now. <laughs> so there's like some trees and a little and some paths back behind this cottage. And a lot of people take their dogs back there and uh, let them off leash and the dogs get to go and like, you know, run around and all the smells and everything. And uh, there's some dog back there that was uh, barking. I think maybe he stopped. But anyway, uh, we are going to travel to a region in Italy that I think it's highly overlooked. Um, Full disclosure, it's been a while since I've been here, but I have made a couple of trips here and it's been a place that I've wanted to talk about for a while, but I just kept putting it off because I was like, oh, I probably really need to go back and do some research. So I spent some time doing some research just to kind of make sure I was remembering things correctly because I am getting a little older and sometimes I get a little forgetful about, I'm like, wait a minute, was that, is that what, is that the way was that here or was that there? Trying to remember maybe what town I was in when I saw maybe a specific site or church or whatever. It's Italy. There's churches everywhere. Anyway, where are we going to be talking about? We are going to be talking about the region of Umbria, Italy. It's U-M-B-R-I-A. Now, if you Google it, you will see that this little region, because it is kind of small um, compared to some of the other regions in Italy, sits kind of right in the middle of the country. It's landlocked. You'll notice that it sits right next to Tuscany. It's not too far from Rome. So it can make a really nice place to go if maybe you are going to do Rome and Florence. If you're thinking about Tuscany and you're like, well, maybe we want to spend some time there, but we want to spend some time somewhere else, you may want to consider going to Umbria. If maybe you're like, oh, everybody goes to Tuscany. Well, how about thinking about going to Umbria? It's very similar in some ways. Um, there's a lot of these, you know, hill towns and that that you'll see in Tuscany. The landscape is somewhat similar. What I think is a little bit different about Umbria is that there's a little bit more mountains around there because you've got the Apennines. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. The mountains that if you if you look at a good map of Italy, you'll see that there's a mountain chain that just runs right down the middle of that boot. And those are the Apennines. And they kind of go a little bit in parts of, of Umbria. So you get a little bit more of a 
a mountainous feel compared to Tuscany, which feels, I mean, there's some parts that are a little bit more mountainous, but but Tuscany kind of has more of the, it feels more hilly. And you will see that in Umbria, but you will also kind of have some parts of, of Umbria. Like I remember going, wow, you know, there's, it's, it's a little bit more dramatic in some ways of its scenery. It's a little less soft, I guess, maybe is, is maybe a term that I would use. So that's where Umbria is. And what I want to do is I'm going to talk about some places that both I've been and I haven't been, because there's a lot of places that I haven't explored that I think would be good places for you to go. And then there are some places that I have explored. I will say this, um, when it comes to things like food and wine, it's going to be quite similar to Tuscany. So if Tuscany sort of draws you in because of some of the, the good food and the wine, a lot of that is very similar. There's a lot of things that, that Tuscany and Umbria share. And I would say they also share that history, that like ancient history of the Etruscan people. These were kind of the ancient people that lived there back in like the late BC times. So if you if you like some things about Tuscany, I think you will really like Umbria. And again, if you haven't been to either one, if you haven't been to Tuscany, maybe consider going to Umbria either instead or in addition, like because it's very easy to make a trip that would include both regions where you can hit towns and and uh kind of little little areas of both of these regions. So it can make kind of a nice trip to do both if you if it's a first time for you. But Umbria is not going to disappoint. You're not going to feel cheated by some of the things that you get in Tuscany because Umbria is just as good and maybe a little bit better because it doesn't see as many tourists. Although it used to be a little bit more under the radar and I'd say it's probably not so much anymore. I will be sure that in the show notes that there is a map of all the places I'm going to talk about. So there will be a map so you can kind of see where all of them are. But let's start with the capital of the region. And this is Perugia. It's P-E-R-U-G-I-A. Now, the nice thing about this as a city is it's not too big of a city. The population is about 170,000. You're going to find the Etruscan ruins. There's all the, the things that you're going to get in a typical Italian city. There are going to, going to be your town squares, your piazza. You're going to see some of the, they, they use the term palazzo, which is kind of like a palace. I kind of feel like the Italian palaces maybe aren't as grand as maybe what we think of as like a British castle or something like that, but they are still like these stately, these beautiful homes that were just beautifully decorated. Obviously, there's a lot of churches here. I'm not going to go into a whole lot because I haven't been to to the city. One of the things that I think is, that really stands out is if you are a person that likes art, the National Gallery of Umbria has a lot of the local famous artists. So there's a lot of works of art from these local artists, the, the artists of the Umbria region. So, and, and this is a city too that is highly overlooked. There's a university there, university city. Cities always, I guess most city, most of the big cities have universities, but it does kind of bring a certain vibe. And again, it's not too big, and I think, and there's a nice historical center to it, like a, a almost like a medieval type of historical center that's supposed to be really lovely. So 
if you are a city person, Perugia might be a nice city for you to explore and spend a couple of days and get a feel for what the region is all about. So I just wanted to start there because some people may or may not want to go there. Now, for me, it's more being out in the small towns and the rural countryside. So the first few towns that I'm going to talk about are places that I actually have not been to. (laughs) And then we're going to go into some that I have been to. So, and then I think I'm going to finish with a couple of places that I haven't. And that's just because of where they are in the region. So the one place that's actually not far from Perugia that is very, 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 very popular and ends up on a lot of the motor coach tours is Assisi. It's A-S-S-I-S-I. And this is the birthplace of St. Francis. It has the Basilica of St. Francis. It has more to it. There's a fortress there, the the Roca, if you will, of Maggiore. But a lot of people come here to visit the Basilica of St. Francis. For a lot of people, it's a little bit of a pilgrimage, people that, that want to go to some of these religious sites that are tied to some of the saints. And that's why it's on the uh, the motor coach tour. <laughs> so ends up there, you're going to get a lot of motor coach tours that are going to come to Assisi. You will also see a lot of independent travelers also coming here just because of the, the tie to St. Francis. So this is a very, very popular place. It's a town of about like 28, 29,000 people. So it's not too big, but it does get busy. So if that's not your scene, you may not want to come here. I've not been there probably because of that, because most of the times I think I've been in the area. Yeah, it's maybe been in the time where it would still be kind of busy. I think it might be a great place to go like way in the off season, like, you know, something like November or March or something like that. It may not be so bad. But I think once you hit April and you hit that Easter time through at least September into early October, it's probably going to be a little bit busy. So just be forewarned if you choose to go there. The next town on the list is Spoleto. And this is, I'm going to look at it. This is further south. So I think I'm a little bit all over the map here. And that's just based on, it's just based on how I just ended up kind of putting the, my notes together, to be honest. So uh, Spoleto is further south. It's in the southern part of the region, but it's one of those places that ends up on a lot of people's itineraries because there's actually this festival that happens every summer. It's called the Festival de Due Mondi, which is the festival of two worlds, but they just kind of call it the Spoleto Festival. So I don't know why they bother with the long name, the Spoleto Festival. Anyway, it honors music, opera, theater, and dance. And that happens every summer. I can see if I can find a link to put into the show notes, but I'm sure if you just Googled Spoleto Festival, you could find out when exactly it is in the summer. But Spoleto actually has a beautiful Duomo. There's churches. You're always going to find churches. There's the usual stuff in in Italy. You're always going to find several churches, maybe with one like a main one, um, and then some smaller ones uh, around the town, depending on and depending on the size of the town. There may be a lot of them. There may be just a couple of other ones, but you will always find that. But the Duomo is supposed to be beautiful. There's another fortress here, which I think I remember reading about several years ago. It's the Rocca Albor. Nuziana. It's A L B O R N O Z I 
A-N-A, all one word. These fortresses were, you know, kind of like uh, usually built by the important family of the of the area. So that would be something to go check out. There's actually a bridge, the Ponte delle Torri, which spans over a gorge. And again, you're going to see a little bit more like gorges and that in, in Umbria compared to what you might see in Tuscany. There is a Roman theater here. There's the Basilica di San Salvatore that's supposed to be beautiful. So there's a lot of things in Spoleto. And if you would like to attend something like this festival with the music and the opera, the theater, the dance, this would be a good time to go. Obviously, it will be very busy, so you'd want to plan in advance. But visiting a town or a city to go to one of these festivals might be something that's on your bucket list. So you know, maybe look into one of these smaller towns and one of the festivals. And the reason I say this is because we're going to talk about another festival in the next town that I'm going to talk about. And this is the little town of Spello. Now, Spoleto is a little bit bigger. It's thirty about 38,000. Spello, which is further north and <sighs> was on my list, and I really wasn't far from it. I still can't explain to myself and understand why I never got there. <laughs> But I didn't. And I'm really kind of disappointed because it's it's a town that's right up my alley. Like every time I like read things or see photos of it, I'm like, how did I not go there? Um, it's a town of maybe eight to nine thousand people. It's not far from Assisi. It's not far from some of the other towns <laughs> that I'm going to be talking about that I did go to. And it has a flower festival. I think it's more like in the spring. So it's called the Inf. Fiorata, I-N-F-I-O-R-A-T-A, I-N-F-I-O-A-R-A-T-A, that's correct, Inferata, or the Flower Festival. And I think that would be kind of fun to go to, um, but it is a, it's a small town. It's a little further north, so it would be up, it's just actually a little bit south of, of Assisi, so it would be a nice spot to take in. It just Every photo that I see of this little town, I just kind of do a little sigh. Like there's flowers everywhere, little, you know, winding lanes, cobblestone lanes. It's just one of those towns I'm like, ah, oh, just, you know, would be a place that I'd really love to just go wonder about with my camera. It's also, there's something called the E Borghi Pui Belli d'Italia Association. So this is kind of the beautiful towns of of Italy. Spello is one of them. I'm not really sure how they become one of these beautiful towns. There's probably certain things that they have to, certain criteria they have to meet, but Spello is one of them. And I just love that it is, and it looks like it totally belongs in that association. So besides the festival and all the cute little, like the flowers and the winding lanes, there is, of course, a beautiful church called the Santa Maria Maggiore Church. Um, so you might want to check that out. But this is just kind of one of those little towns that you're going to just kind of want to have a little wander about. You're going to want to maybe stop and get something to eat somewhere. You know, all of the towns are going to have good food. This is what they call the green heart of Italy. So there's all kinds of really good food here. And there is good wine. We are going to be coming to that uh, in shortly when I get to one of the towns that I've actually been to. Imagine that. I've been to a town that is, that is all about wine. So Spello, I would put that one on your list for sure. And I, like I said, it's just a little bit south of Assisi. So would be easy to tack on to that itinerary. Okay, so I want to talk about some of the places 
that I've actually been. So the first place I want to talk about is Todi, T-O-D-I, just like the name of this town. <laughs> so, so I've been here a couple of times. I stayed kind of close by a couple of times that I was there. I stayed out in an agroturismo that was, uh, I don't know, maybe five miles or something away. And this is just such a picturesque little place. It sits up on this kind of just looks fairy tale, like, you know, it sits up on this hill and it's got these churches and towers and stuff. It's a town of about 16,000. It's kind of like a nice size because there's like, it's big enough. It's not quite as small as a place like Spello or um, a couple of the other places I'm going to talk about. But it's, I don't know, it's just something about it. it I, you just feel like you just kind of can kind of just keep winding your way, kind of following the roads and going up a little bit higher and coming down a little lower. It's a great place to get lost. There's um, kind of at the top there, you've got the Piazza del Popolo, and it's kind of the the main kind of town square, if you will. And around that, I think that's where the Palazzo dei Priori, which is the city hall, is there. You know, I think, I can't remember if it was the first time I was there. I think it might have been the first time I was there. There was a bride and groom like in there and they were like in the the town square and like sitting on, they were kind of up on this, up in these stairs where there was like a little balcony and overlook. And then they were sitting on the, the stairs that kind of went up to the town hall or the city hall. And, you know, they were, the photographers taking all kinds of pictures. And so I always kind of just kind of feel like it's just kind of got this really great kind of romantic quality to it. It's, it's, it's just such a wonderful town to wonder about. There's good places to eat. There's also, there's the Basilica di San Fortunato, which is, I think I went into that church. It actually has a bell tower to it that you can climb up, which I think I totally missed. I think maybe the church, I'm trying to think if I went into that or not. See, my memory is is a little bad here. Anyway, there's another church that I know I haven't gone into that you could, it kind of sits down a little bit and and I have like photos, like, like when you're up there at the top in the piazza, there's also some great places to get like views out all around the, uh, the countryside. And it's really quite beautiful from up there. So if you can find uh, places to either maybe eat or drink, a lot of places that are on that side that you can kind of get that view. I remember sitting and, and eating out at one place, which I know I'm not going to remember the name of, that had views out towards uh, the hills and everything. It was just beautiful. But this church, the it's called uh, the Church of, I'm going to do it in English, St. Mary of Consolation, kind of sits down a bit. It's got a nice little kind of um, dome on it. And it's one of those churches I did not go into, but I hear is really beautiful. So it's on my next time list for sure. But I don't know. There's just something about this town that I just really have enjoyed. Like I said, it's a great place to wonder about. I have some really wonderful photos from it. Uh, I'll try to maybe pop a couple in there. A couple of my favorite photos are from there. And so maybe that's kind of why I'm a little partial to it. But uh, it's it's a wonderful spot to also get some views. And even if you're away from it, if you can kind of find spots where you can get get views of the city, like I think I have somewhere where it's like, you know, there's like some clouds kind of hanging over it. It's just, uh, just kind of is very fairy tale esque looking. So I would put Toadie on your list to uh, take a wonder about. 
again, great places to eat. There are going to be plenty of places to stay, um, both kind of in the town and around the town. A lot of agroturismo are agroturismi in uh, the plural form are going to be all around Umbria, like you will find in Tuscany. So you can kind of stay outside of the towns. You will want to have a car, of course, and then be able to kind of go into the towns. If I remember correctly, parking wasn't too horrible here either in Todi. So that's kind of nice. I think they had some nice, good sized parking areas. Probably had to pay, but uh, that's okay. Kind of, you know, you can kind of park. And especially if you park kind of down a little bit, it's going to make you walk maybe uphill (laughs) into the towns, but that's okay. You can do it. And uh, then you earn all that good food you're going to eat. So Todi, T-O-D-I, one of my favorite towns for sure in the Umbria region. Another of my favorite towns is a much smaller one, and this is the wine town, and this is Monte Falco. It's M-O-N-T-E-F-A-L-C-O, all one word. And it sits up a little bit too. I would say it doesn't sit up quite as much on a hill like Toady does, but it sits kind of, I kind of feel like it's it's sort of a hill town, sits up on a little bit of a hill, <laughs> but it's surrounded by vineyards. And that's really kind of the main thing that you're going to find here. Although there's a beautiful piazza, the Piazza del Comune, uh, which is kind of your main town square. Um, this is a town of only like 5,600 people. It's much smaller. It's also one of the E Borghi Pui Belli d'Italia, the beautiful towns of Italy, well-deserving. There's also a church here, the San Francesco Montefalco Church. It's got some frescoes in it. I'm trying to think if I went into that. It sounds a little bit familiar, like I must have popped into it. But the big thing is the Sagrantino. I have a hard time saying this. It's S-A-G-R-A-N-T-I-N-O. That is the wine that they produce here in in this region in the around Montefalco. And so you're going to see a little town surrounded by vineyards and obviously wineries that you may be able to go visit. Some of them might be small. You might be able to visit some of them. Uh, what you would probably want to do is just kind of just start looking at some of them, Google it. You can hire me to be your travel planner to take care of uh, making any arrangements, but there are some around that you may be able to go visit. Some of them might be a little small and always make appointments as that's how things kind of roll in Italy is you will need to make appointments to go to taste the wine and get a tour. But there are tasting rooms, places where you can kind of taste the wine in town. So you can take advantage of that too. And you will see quite a few of those in a small little town like Montefalco that will have some places where you can kind of try some of the local wines. It's really a delicious wine. It's pretty bold and pretty filled with a lot of alcohol. They have the I think they call it the Rosso di Montefalco, which is sort of like the lesser version of the Sangrantino, which is also quite good. So they really do make some nice wines here. So if you are a wine lover and haven't tried this wine, you may want to put this area on your list. And Montefalco is another of those towns that's what's well, a little bit, it's it almost sits a little bit between Spello and Spoleto. So it could be a good spot to go. And, you know, going from one to the next, going from Spello to Spoleto or Spoleto to Spello, and then on up to Assisi, you can make a stop in Montefalco. Cute little town. Highly recommend it. Again, it's just, there's not a ton here, but it's a nice little place to wander about and get a 
good meal and drink a little bit of wine or maybe go visit one of the vineyards. So that's Montefalco. The next place on my list, well, I have to kind of go back and tell a little bit of story about this place. So let me sort of back up. When I was in Umbria for the first time, which I believe was in 2012, gosh, it's been a while, I stayed in this agroturismo and they kept telling me to go to this town called Bavania. And really, like I hadn't heard of it. You know, I knew of Spello and Spoleto. I'm not sure if I, I might have known of Montefalco. I can't remember. Assisi, of course, or Vieto, which I'm going to be getting to. But this Bavania place, I was like, I don't know this Bavania place. What are you talking about? And finally, they, they just kept saying, oh, you really should go. You should really go to Bavania. So finally, I decided to go. And it has become one of my favorite little towns in Italy. So it's spelled B-E-V-A-G-N-A, Bavagna. I went and I just felt like I was not surrounded by tourists and that I was just kind of like hanging out with the locals, kind of just watching them do their thing. And I just loved it. Now, the nice thing about Bavagna is... It is not a hill town, so, so it's flat. It kind of sits in the valley. You don't get the views, but it's such a delightful place to, to wonder about. It has a few different uh, gates, uh, portas, as they call them. I went over a bridge and kind of through the Porta Molina, which was just lovely. You go over a bridge that goes across a river, which I'm going to not, I can't remember the name of the river, but just like kind of nice little uh, views of the town, even though you're not looking up at it. And as I came in then, I came to the uh, Piazza Silvestri, and it's surrounded by like some churches and palazzo. It's a nice little kind of town square. And then you can just kind of meander along all these little streets. There's a lot of churches here. There's the Basilica of St. Sylvester, which is, I believe, right there in the Piazza uh, Silvestri. There's the Church of San Michele Arcade. Angelo. There's a church of St. Francis. There's several churches here. And it's only a town of 5,000 people. So it's a very, very small town. And I just found it just a delightful place to wonder about. There were some cute little shops. I don't know if it was the first time I was there. It might have been the second time I was there. I actually had a nice little lunch and sat kind of outside on a little patio. I just thought it was one of the best places to go because of the fact that it's a little off the main tourist track. You know, places like even Toady is, is, can be pretty popular. It's, it's um, a little bit more well-known. Not as well known as the next place that I'm going to be talking about. Or Assisi, obviously, is like one of the most well-known of the towns in the Umbria region. But Bavania just kind of flies under the radar. And I think it's just got a lot of nice little little things about it. I remember the first time I was there, all the locals started going somewhere. And I thought, oh, is there like a little... Am I missing something? You know, you never know what the Italians are. Could be like a little festival or a gathering or something like that. And I just kind of went and no, it was all the parents going to collect their kids. (laughs) But I was like, hey, look at me, like just going to check out (laughs) what's going on with in the town. And they were just all going out to the to the. A little primary school to collect the the little ones. So, anyway, um, it's just such a fun town to wander about, and I just uh, it's again for me, it's also a place where I have a lot of photos. So that says a lot to me. That means it's very picturesque. So I would definitely put Bavania on on your list. 
it's kind of up close to Spello. So it would be a good place to add on there. And it's not too far from Montefalco. So in fact, I think I might have actually even had one day where I hit both of the towns in the same day. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a good spot to go. Not too far either from from Assisi, probably a little bit kind of uh, south from there. It's maybe south uh, westish a little bit. So I would definitely put Bavania on your list. It's it's a it's one of those towns that, like I said, is a little bit under the tourist radar. So it might be a place that's right up your alley. The next place I want to talk about is Gubbio. So I just went here once um, and I was kind of staying outside of Gubbio. I was probably a good, I think I might have been a good at least 10 or 12 miles away. I was in a agriturismo that was just gorgeous, had beautiful views kind of up in the mountains. Now, Gubbio is further north and it's kind of a little different. Like I think why I decided that I wanted to, to go here was that... I remember reading the description and it was like, while so many of the other like hill towns kind of have that roundish feel, this is kind of more like it's a town that's kind of set in the hillside. So it's more angular. It's kind of like from the top down uh, versus kind of being more circular, if that makes any sense. But uh, Gubbio is, it's G-U-B-B-I-O. It's definitely bigger. It's like 31,000 and it's also, I think, known as uh, the Ducale Palace was here. And I believe this was kind of like this important family of the area. And so there's a museum there within the palace. There's a, a Roman theater that's there. There is the Sant Ubaldo Basilica that's there. The one thing that you're going to probably really notice there is the Piazza Grande, which kind of actually then it's kind of sits up and then you can kind of overlook a little bit of the valley like you would be able to see out towards the Roman theater. At one end of this piazza is the Palazzo dei Console, which I believe now is a civic museum. It may actually be part of the town hall as well. But if you see some I'll see if I can find some photos of it. I'm pretty sure I have some pictures. So I'll see if I can post one in the show notes. But it's like this big open piazza with this beautiful building with, I believe there are like, you know, stairs going up like on the two sides, kind of like that. So it's very, very picturesque. Another great town to wonder about. I remember I was there, I think on a Monday, so a lot of things were closed, but it was a great town to wonder about. And there, again, you know, there's going to be the typical, the churches and then some of these museums and, uh, you know, you're going to be walking uphill on some of it and then you're going to be coming back downhill, but just a wonderful spot. I don't know that there weren't, because some of the restaurants in that were closed, I don't think I got a chance to really eat anything there, but there looked like there were some nice little restaurants and cafes there. And it was just really kind of different from some of the other towns that I had been to. So Gubbio might be a nice place, especially if you want to kind of maybe get up further in the northern part of the region. And this would also be able to lead you over into the Marque region, which is next door to it. And it's, uh, 
it was really, an, I don't know, I just kind of felt like it was a really interesting town because it was just different from the other ones. Not different bad, different good. And I just loved that Piazza Grande with the, uh, it was just so open. And then with that beautiful building at the at the one end, it was just very, very striking. So I would put Gubbio on your list, especially if you are able to get further north into the region. Does maybe take you a little bit further away from parts of Tuscany, although you can get over to places like Cortona, uh, which is in Tuscany, from Gubbio. Gubbio, that would actually not be too far for you to go. So Gubbio, G-U-B-B-I-O, that's another town that I would put. I just had a little wander around for an afternoon. So it's a town I'm not quite as familiar with, but I did want to include it, of course, on this list. So the last place that I've been to, and then I'm going to talk about a couple places that I haven't been to that are high on my list, is Orvieto. It's O-R-V-I-E-T-O. And this kind of sits down kind of in the southish, westish part. It's very, very close to the Tuscany border. It's actually also kind of not too far from Rome, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, the problem with Orvieto, which there's some great things here, and I'm going to give you some some tips on here because I've been here a couple of times. It gets very popular because there is a beautiful, 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 beautiful Duomo here. The front of this, like the 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 tile work on the front of this Duomo is, and, and I'm like waving my hands around as I'm talking, being Italian, it's just stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. And then you go inside and you're like, what? It is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful cathedral, Duomo. It's seriously one of the the, the most beautiful Duomo's churches I've ever seen. And it's definite and it's big and it will definitely, you will see it. The other cool thing about Orvieto is, remember the, the one time I was driving to it and it must have been the the time that I really kind of got because I think it was coming from a different direction. And so I could see that it sat up. It's like it sits up on this plateau. It's like there was just this uplift of land and it sits up on this plateau, not a hill. It's like it's like there's like cliffs around it. It's pretty, pretty kind of cool. But because it is close to Rome, what happens is, and because of the Duomo, people that maybe are on Mediterranean cruises who stop in uh, the port that's near Rome, they get on the bus and they come up and see the Duomo and get like a little tour of the town and then they go back. So it can get very busy during the day. So I'm going to give you a hint here in just a moment, um, some tips on visiting Orvieto. But I do recommend going because of the Duomo, because I think it's a great town to wonder about. There's a lot of Etruscan sites here. There's this really cool underground. I took a tour of this and it's like the ancient underground, like where the people, where people lived, there's like, they've discovered all this stuff underneath. And so you're, if you don't like being kind of in cave-like places, you may not like it. But if you are okay with it, I would highly recommend taking the tour of the underground, kind of the underground city that was there, underground town that was there. I went to the Well of St. Patrick. I would not recommend that. I didn't really think it was really worth it. You go down, 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 there's a well, and then you go back, 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 up, up, up. I was like, hmm, that's it. There's just this well down there that was supposedly had something to do with St. Patrick. Anyway, that I wasn't really that impressed. 
But the Torre, uh, the Tower del Moro is great. I would highly recommend going up that because you get some great views of the city. And I have a really cool photo of the um, where you can kind of go and you can see the Duomo and then you get the beautiful uh, landscape behind it. So Orvieto, I highly recommend. My recommendation, uh, this is a town of about 21,000 people. So it's it's kind of a nice size. Uh, it's just big enough. Stay a night or two because at night... Because you get you kind of get that influx of people coming in during the day, you know, on either motor coach tours or they're coming over because um, they've stopped at the cruise port and they're they're doing a day tour from from the cruise ship at night. It gets quiet and you, you know, you'll still get people that are actually, you know, staying in, in the town, but you're not going to have that influx of people. So go out to dinner, you know, go out for an 8, 8 p.m. dinner, which is about typical time for the Italians to eat, have a little wonder about afterwards, and it's going to be a lot quieter if you do that. So don't just go on a day tour, maybe stay a night or two. And I'm going to look up to see if the B&B that I stayed at is still around. And I will put that link in the show notes if it is, because right now I can't remember the name of it, <laughs> of course. So that's Orvieto. Again, I even though it's very popular, I do highly recommend going because I think of the the couple of sites that are there. That Duomo really is pretty impressive. I'm trying to think if I snuck a few pictures in there. I don't know if I was allowed to take photos inside of it and I might have anyway. <laughs> I'm kind of known to do that every now and again. I'll try to sneak a couple pictures. Anyway, and the underground was really fascinating and some really great restaurants as well. So I, I remember having a couple good good meals here. All right. So I want to talk about a couple of places that are kind of further in the south and kind of also border a little bit with the Marque region. So the Marque region is the region to the, the oh, I said the west. Good Lord, Lynn, I'm getting my directions all screwed up. To the east. <laughs> and there's a, a national park here, and that's the Parco Nazionale de Monte Sibillini. So Monte Sibillini is one of the mountains. And of course, this is the Apennine Mountains that kind of come down the down through the middle of the boot, as I was talking about before. This park is in both in both the Umbria region and the Marque region. Kind of crosses crosses the border there. This is a place that I really, really need to go sometime very soon. It has fascinated me for a while. It just looks absolutely beautiful. There are, you know, unlike American or even like Canadian national parks where there's nothing there. I mean, you know, a lot of our parks are all about just nature and you don't find towns. In a lot of the parks throughout Europe, you will find that there's, you know, part of it is also the culture. That's kind of part of the park. So you will find little towns and villages within the park. There's all kinds of little towns. Obviously, there's tons of trails to get out on. There's some roads going through. You can get some great views. So this is kind of one of those national parks that I'm like, oh, I need to get here. And the one little town, ugh, town, it's a village. It's a settlement. It's like got a, I don't know, it's got like 150 people maybe at the most. It's called Castelluccio. It's C-A-S-T-E-L-L-U-C-C-I-O. Castelluccio, it's within the park. And around there is like, you, you'll see photos of this little town and like all these wildflowers in the spring, you know, early summer. And it just looks beautiful. So it's like, I want to go to this little village in the park when the flowers are in bloom 
And Castelluccio is also known for its lentils. So if you like lentils, and I do, uh, I'm a vegetarian, so it's also known for its lentils. So I just want to throw that out there. The park, the little village, the flowers in bloom. If you Google it, you will see like there's like poppies and and, uh, it's just a riot of colors. It just looks beautiful. And I really would like to go to the park, visit this little village at that time of year. And of course, have my camera with me and take lots of photos. That's kind of one thing. The other place that I want to mention is Norcha. And Norcha is pretty close by to the park, not too far from Castelluccio. And Norcha, they say, kind of makes a good base. It's a little bit bigger. You're not going to probably find a lot of places to stay in Castelluccio since it's so small. But uh, Norcha has a population about 5,000. It's still pretty small. But they do say it makes a good base for uh, you know, hiking in the park. It is known for its, there's a wild boar, I think, that, and then they turn it into ham and sausages. So um, it's kind of known for that. It's also got a beautiful kind of piazza and it sits kind of along the a, a river. So it kind of sit, sits down in a valley, the Val Narina. I've heard good things about this little town too. It looks quite picturesque. And again, would be a good base for you to stay like maybe in Norcia or around Norcia to then get into Monte Sibillini National Park and be able to explore that. So this is kind of all down in like the southeastern part of Umbria, if you are looking at the map. So yeah, that is probably going to wrap up Umbria. There are a lot of other places here. One of the other places I do want to recommend that's actually to the west of Perugia that sits almost uh, close to the border. It's it's actually really close to the border of Tuscany is uh, Lago Tresimeno, T-R-A-S-I-M-E-N-O. Trasimeno. And it's actually also a regional park, but there's a really beautiful lake here. I remember driving by it one time and it really looks lovely. There's some little towns along there. So if you're someone that maybe wants to get out and do some lake activities, sailing, kayaking, um, stand up uh, paddle boarding, swimming even, you would be able to go and visit this lake. Again, I haven't really spent any time there. I just drove by it, looked really nice. And it's kind of up Kind of, you would be not be too far from the uh, town of Cortona in Tuscany, and it's actually really not too far from Montepulciano either. So that would be another place to consider going within Umbria. Of course, there's a lot more here. So many cute little towns here, just like you will find really throughout all of Italy, right? But uh, certainly within Tuscany. And if you are looking for that alternative to Tuscany, Umbria would be the place that I would recommend. One of the places. Piedmont would probably be the other region I would recommend for an alternative to Tuscany as well. But Umbria is kind of right there. And again, if you want to kind of do a little bit of both, do a little bit of Tuscany and Umbria, it can be done. I've done it and it's easy to kind of go back and forth between the two regions because they're next to each other. And again, they're pretty similar. I do think that in some ways Umbria just has something else going on with it because of the mountains. And of course, if you get over to a place like uh, Monte Sibillini, then you will definitely get into some bigger mountains. So I'm going to wrap up there with Umbria and just say if you 
have not subscribed to the show, please do so. You know that I would love to have you following along so that you know when the new episodes come out. You know, I haven't looked to see if there are any reviews, but I always love it when people leave reviews and you know that those reviews help with those silly algorithms that help me to grow the show. No, no review, no new reviews. I would love to read a review. So I hope somebody will leave me a review sometime soon. It would be great to hear from someone and uh, let me know what you think of the show. The other thing I need to announce, and there will be a link to it, is the One Year Way Adventure, Marvels and Tastes of the Dolomites Italy is a go for June 16th, to the 28th. You can find all the information on the tour, small group tour, capping it out at 12 people. We need to get at least five or six people in order for it to go. So let's get over there and check it out. It's going to be an amazing kind of 13 days, 12 nights we got going on. We're going to be visiting some wineries. We're going to be getting out on some hikes. We're going to start on some easy stuff. Nothing's going to be too terribly hard, but you are going to have to be able to walk on rocky, uneven surfaces because we will be in the Dolomites for sure. And it is just going to be such an amazing trip because the Dolomites, y'all know that that's like one of my favorite places and you've seen the photos. It's beautiful. And I really want to share it with you and let you see all my favorite places to go. And gosh, I just, I'm, I'm so excited about it. And ah, I really can't wait to share these places with you like in person and to meet some of you in person and to be on a trip with some of you. It's going to be a lot of fun. And yes, we are going to be also enjoying some of the culture as well of the Alto DJ in visiting the Abbey, Nova, the, the Novacella Abbey, which is this gorgeous abbey that dates back to like uh, the like 1100s, 1200s. Pretty amazing. So lots of food, lots of good wine, and lots of beautiful, beautiful scenery as well. So I will make sure that the link is in the show notes for the Wonder Your Way Adventures, the very first tour. Let's see what else. Um, If you're feeling generous, feel free to make a wee donation. You'll find that coffee cup down in the lower right hand corner of the website, wonderyourway.com, and you can make a little donation to help me pay for Kalisa's wonderful work of editing this podcast because she does such a great job, doesn't she? Sorry, there's no ambient sounds, but there weren't any for me to put in, but she's done such a great job in, in doing that through my travels. And yes, you will you will definitely hear more of that. So I just have to take a shout out and say thanks to Kalisa for being so wonderful. So if you want to, you know, if you're not interested in a tour, but want me to plan your trip, I certainly am available. You can go over to wonderyourway.com under the services tab and see all the different levels of services that I offer. And uh, I'm happy to help you plan a little or a lot of your trip to Europe. I love what I do. I have some amazing clients that I'm working with right now. It's a lot of fun. I'm working on everything from Italy and Ireland and Greece. It's just, it's been great. So, um, so yeah, go over and check it out. And if you just want to contact me and just tell me something, maybe you've been to Umbria, let me know. You can hit me up, Lynn, L-Y-N-N-E at wonderyourway.com. Send me an email and I will tell you, I respond to every email that I get. And the people out there that have emailed me and I've emailed back, they can attest to that. So if you don't believe me, try it out. I will respond. 
okay, I think I've babbled on long enough. I think it's time for me to maybe think about getting out. I'm getting back myself back into jogging. You know, I'm not going to call it running because I'm very slow, but I've kind of been out of my groove and something that I really like to do. And I've been like envious of all these people running by me and I'm like, I need to get back into it. So I'm going to go out and just try a little wee drop jog again today. I've been out a couple times already in the week. So time to get back out again through the trees here in Pitlockery, Scotland. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And until next time, happy travels. Buon viaggio. Mm-hmm.